Hey everybody, welcome to our 100th episode of the Creative and Balance podcast. Like always, I am your host Sean Siriani and holy shit, this has been a journey. This has been life-changing for me. And I'm not going to give you a synopsis on all of that. But if you have been following the whole way and I know some of you have, thank you. And for my new listeners, um the shit keeps growing and growing. I'm seeing more of you. Numbers are going up with different guests. And uh, thank you as well. We got such a great momentum going on. And there's a lot of special things coming your way as a listener around the corner. But you'll see in another day. But right now, I got something special for you. This is um, this is somebody I wanted on the show since the inception of the show. He embodies the spirit of the type of people I like to interview on this show. And not only that, he directly influenced me from years of working along his side when King of the Dot Entertainment. And my guest today is the founder of KOTD, Travis Fleetwood, but most of you know as Organic. Organic, not only the face of it, for over a decade he has pushed and pushed and took something that started in a park and made it a worldwide movement for fans, for performers, for production people like myself. And it's absolutely incredible. And I could dive into the story right now, but you will hear all about it throughout this interview from the man himself. And another reason why I wanted Organic on this platform. There's been countless interviews over the years with Organic and about King of the Dot. But I feel like I could shed a certain light on it of just how special it is in ways that maybe if you're an average fan watching from the outside, you don't even see. We've seen performers kind of make a break out there from the underground to the bigger stages and some even stepped outside the king of the dot you can see them regularly on mtv from barstool sports to being in movies in all sorts of media outlets but that kind of shit also has gone on behind the scenes the platform that organic has created also allowed People from photographers to videographers to web developers, graphic designers, and everything to just grow their craft and also grow to bigger places as some people are working in television. There's a photographer, graphic designer. He now works for Google. It's crazy. And almost a lot of us did not go to school for any of this shit. Through our love and hip-hop and battle rap, we kind of linked up, found, fell in love with King of the Dot uh, during its early inception. And what's cool about the growth of King of the Dot is as it's rapidly growing, all of us from organic to people behind the camera, everybody have been forced into situations to step out of their comfort zone, step it up, bring their shit to another level, and continue to push this from the park to being viewed all over the world. And hella pun intended, just move our craft organically. So that's fucking cool. And also, I think what's special, again, like uh, I mentioned, I feel like I can shine another, a certain light on this in a way that a lot of interviewers don't do, is I notice a lot of battle rap media, they only 
not all of them, but most of them only kind of talk about the present moment in time where maybe they'll interview a guy like Organic or some people in the main event, and they will only talk about what happened that evening or whatever. And I think the conversation you are about to hear is something that's timeless. Not only does it go through the story of King of the Dot from the ground up and Organic's whole evolution, it also taps into the heart and soul of his true intentions. And yeah, I just I just cherish this one, and I'm, pr- I'm proud of this to be my 100th episode. And also me rocking with him in the battle scene for probably on my end as a videographer, eight years, eight, eight, nine years. Me and Travis, we usually see each other at events and uh, we're always hella cool. Maybe have a beer, have a laugh, but I rarely get to sit down with him and just have a talk like this. And even though we're recording something like it didn't feel like we were in work mode, just having an awesome heart to heart chat. And on top of that, I don't think if it was for King of the Dot, there wouldn't be a Creative Imbalance podcast. Very long story short, King of the Dot kept me in the city of Toronto, which also led me into doing media and interviews and other facets. I even started with King of the Dot doing the backstage interviews when they used to do judge decisions and then thoughts from different celebrities who would roll through and I used to direct all of those uh around blackout too and so on but I remember having a very low moment in my life where I was trying to make my passions a profession and it's always been ups and downs like a roller coaster I know many other creatives listen to this show and they can attest to that as well but I remember one day in particular, it was was the weekend before Blackout 2, which kind of goes down in history as one of King of the Dot's best events. But I remember this weekend, um, things weren't going well. I had an eviction notice on my door and I was on my way to the venue. Didn't really tell anybody what was going on. And um, I did my thing. And just had this amazing experience. And the event was only two days. But for four days, it turned into an adventure for me. And um, kind of hit me really hard. that, And just told me that I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be doing this kind of work. And um, yeah, I just rode the wave, got through it, and never gave up. And I can go on and on and on. But uh Frankly, like this show isn't about me. (laughs) I actually didn't want to make this intro hella long. But um, maybe for another episode, if you guys are interested, I can tell you some some absolutely awesome behind the scenes King of the Dot stories. Maybe I'll, I'll make it like a bonus episode if you guys want to let me know. And that might make some people nervous. We've had some hotel parties, but I, I wouldn't go go into anything too incriminating for people. Just more, I'd focus on the positivity and the hilarity. Sometimes I got to travel with them and everything. And, and I think I got some fun stories of a lot of your favorite top tier rappers. So yeah, if you're interested in that, uh, feel free to hit me up. And also, I want to let you guys know... If you were listening to this on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, TalkShoe, or any of your favorite podcast listening apps, 
that each and every one of these episodes has its own homepage at www.girthradio.com. On the page of the 100th episode, you're going to see pictures of Organic in the studio. A couple shots we took afterwards. This just shows how big King of the Dot is. It just, like, years ago, somebody made a big graffiti wall of uh, Organic uh, downtown Toronto. And we went hunting to see if it was still there. I took some pictures of him by his uh, graffiti. That'll also be on the page. Links to a handful of battles. And also information where you can order the next king of the dot pay-per-view it's gonna be crazy it's called town business it's out of california and it's two days of some of the most exciting matchups um i've actually seen on paper in years also one more thing i need to say before we get into this it's a thank you and also a heads up to you guys and you guys know i've been recording out of the talk shoe studio It's been such a wonderful experience. It's located in the Stack Market, downtown Toronto at Front and Bathurst Street. I know a lot of aspiring podcasters hit me up all the time. Like, where can I record? How do I do this? How do I do that? Well, just to let you know, if you check out the TalkShoe page or even hit me up personally, I can guide you to get a free recording session at TalkShoe. Um, you don't have to be a professional podcaster. You can go there. You can hash things out. The wonderful producer, Erica, she's going to guide you through everything. And you can make your ideas a reality. All right? So check that out at TalkShoe.com. Or hit me up on Twitter, at Sean Siriani Or my social medias, Instagram and Facebook. Just type in The Creative Imbalance. And those DMs will go straight to me. And I'll help you get your podcast rolling. And I think that's all I got to say or should say. I feel like there's a million things I can say right now. It's the 100th episode. Organic's on. We're going to let this conversation do the talking. All right? So without further ado, here's Organic coming at you right now. Earth Radio in session. People heard in the intro, you created the platform, King of the Dot, started off in a little park, now worldwide and everything. And I actually kind of want to go back in time a little bit before that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure lots of like newer people like know you as the host and the founder and everything, but you actually used to be an MC in like... Just, just battle like yeah, in yeah. the freestyle era and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was my hobby when I was young, you know. Uh, yeah, I quit hockey to do it. <laughs> that's sick. <laughs> I, I mean, that's not really what happened, but you yeah. know, um, I, I was super passionate about battle rap at a young age, freestyling. Uh, just the competitive nature. I was always competitive as a young kid. You know, mm-hmm. like, I didn't care about anything but the biggest trophy in sports. You yeah, know, like yeah. that's just the type of person I was. So when it came to battle rap, like you know. Um, from my history, like, I just always tried to win as many competitions as I could. Like, that was my goal when I was young, travel the world, 
no matter the city, just try to win, just try to win. You know what I mean? And like, I remember there's a point in time where I was like, why am I even doing this? People don't even know my name because you know, the internet wasn't prominent back then. You didn't have YouTube to go like look up people's history and stuff like that. So literally people would just be like, oh, the skinny white kid won. I'd like go look on these forums and be like, yeah. oh, the skinny white kid won. <laughs> and like just traveled like 600 miles and people don't even know my name. Yeah, that's amazing too. And um, I'm curious how you discovered like uh all these different freestyle scenes as well because right now like i noticed like all the like for the past decade people have been getting into battle rap strictly because of youtube and this yeah. like this i i'm just curious like how you um, found it you know bro like ever since a young kid i was into rapping right like i was that type of person that used to have like the double cassette tape uh decks on your on your you know your jukebox and stuff so i'd have like my wu-tang 36 chambers tape and at the end of it where the instrumental would play i would loop that and then try to add my own verse to it since oh, I, since a little kid as long yeah, as i yeah. could remember i'd have my own little wu-tang verse you know but uh, <laughs> yeah yeah uh, you know it was more so just you know being on the internet the internet helped a lot like when it first came about like all these like um <clears throat> platforms that were kind of like new and like i didn't really take rapping serious back then like at all you know it was like pretty much like look how shit i am <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. like that's kind of how i looked at it but with the internet it became like more fun um and you know with with things like the world rap championships and all these competitions you were kind of able to pinpoint like who were the talent in certain respectable areas like i knew who was the best in like melbourne australia i knew who the best was in london england i knew who the best was in los angeles i knew who the best was in new york and they knew who the best was in Toronto. Like, it's kind of this mutual respect that we all had for each other's scenes, even though we weren't able to, like, indulge in it. But, you know, um, coming about it, how I came into battle rap, Napster, mm, you know, were, yeah, were yeah. some of the first things. Like, I remember, like, um, you know, rest in peace, PH, like a uh, tone deaf and PH battle, many styles and gin, um, esoteric, like... A lot of these people from like the real early, you know, battle rap days had a big influence on me, you know, and I never even knew what they looked like back then because you didn't have videos. You just had audio. Yeah, and like, you I could get the voice. And I, I just loved it, bro. You know, people would have their albums. I was just like, yeah, I got battle rap. You know, I'm going to tonight. I'm going to go home. So when I first like when the videos started coming to fruition, like I remember mcbattles.com when that first came out and like everything was like, I don't even know if it was like two, 240 <laughs> pixels, you know? Just, yeah, yeah. The quality was so bad, you just kind of knew humans were in there. Yeah, playing and, it on like real player yeah, or some yeah, shit yeah, like 100%. that, buffering. Yeah, 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 exactly, right? <laughs> but that was like my first introduction to it and I was just like so mesmerized by it. I thought that it, this is like such a unique form of talent. You had people like Juice and Supernatural, you know what I mean? And now, like back then, I used to think Supernat killed him. And now I rewatch this battle. I'm like, man, Juice won. You yeah, know? Like, yeah. And it's, it's funny because through evolution, like, you just realize being as a battler when I was young, I'm like, yeah, but someone held up a lighter and Supernatural rapped about it. And I was like, yeah, it's mind blowing. I yeah. didn't know that. Like, back then, I thought, like, wow, that's crazy. But now I know that he was given a handicap. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. pretty much, like, if we are going to freestyle for two minutes and I get words and topics and stuff thrown at me, like I'm clearly going to be better than you that has to kind of just like come up with all this stuff yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. So not only that, like just seeing how juice rebuttaled stuck to the topic kind of like didn't feed in the, like the crowd and, and kind of win in a corny way. You know what I mean? He was yeah. like the real MC in that battle and I got mad love for Supernat. So this isn't, but this is just like how I came about it. And like, 
once I started figuring out like those dynamics in battle rap, I was just obsessed. Yeah. From there on out, I was obsessed, man. It was like, you know, seeing different ways you can do it, that different people had different opinions on, on the same battle. Certain people thought this guy won. Certain people thought this guy won. It's like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. You, know, you could debate on it. You could argue online. And like, it was just like... um a new niche culture the same way that like when UFC and everything was new people would debate it like oh well, that guy just wrestled it's like he didn't he didn't throw any punches he didn't win the fight it's like well he controlled him the whole fight so you had that huge debate in mixed martial arts when it came around like what does win a fight you know what I mean mm-hmm. if I'm just a wrestler and I hold you down is that a win you know what I mean yeah like, yeah so <laughs> battle rap was interesting to me in that sense too it's like okay cool well you know what I mean like yeah he rapped really good but he didn't say nothing about me mm-hmm. you know yeah and, yeah, so you had yeah all these different elements coming in and then you'd have to freestyle where people would be dissing what you're wearing and then associating things with the crowd making fun of your girlfriend if she's with you picking <laughs> up if you were looking at your phone in, in, in the middle of a battle then people would be like oh you know have a line about your mom texting you or something <laughs> yeah yeah you know, like these elements <laughs> just like made it yeah were just so cool to me I was just like yo this is such a unique thing and it's literally was based on skill Mm -hmm. that's what mattered about it you know it wasn't about aura it wasn't about getting a much music video fact it wasn't about having the right manager it was literally you know 32 people in this competition and i'm hoping 31 of y'all go home losing thinking about me yeah you know what i mean and that's that was what like the drive was and knowing like i'm in 17-year-old kid, I'm in school, I'm going to go win five grand this weekend making fun of a bunch of 35-year-old men with wives. Like, <laughs> like, That's got to be, like, so exciting. I thought it was, bro, like, I thought it was to... a shit. Like, this is, why the fuck would I ever work? Like, I can do this, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting there going to a job. You know, I used to work at a Petro Canada car wash when I was young and stuff, and I'm, like, making, like, I think at the time, like, eight forty an hour, and then I'm winning five grand on a weekend in a battle rap competition. Yeah. And, like, that was my first taste of fast money, you know? Oh, and that's like, exciting. Man, I had to work, like, eight weeks to, like, save up to buy a fucking bike and then I can now just buy a car from a weekend. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's that's awesome. And it's it's crazy how you evolved and obviously like your passion spun out of control in a good way to the point where one day you decide to start your own league. Yeah. And what was the mindset going in that? Um, like, not so much like uh, people gotta understand, you know, um there was a couple of things that kind of led up to that. A1, I was always upset with like kind of how battle rap was perceived. I think like when I was young and I would travel to go to competitions and then when you got there, there was never like maybe one of the 40 times I was like, wow, look at this setup. This is crazy. Usually you felt like you got duped. You know, like, yeah, wow, the yeah. flyer was a lot cooler than the event. You know <laughs> yeah, mean? it like, looks like a movie trailer <laughs> type thing. And then you get there and like, you know, you win the competition. The promoter's like, oh, I only sold, you know, 200 tickets at the door. I only got 150 bucks for you. It's like, bro, this was like promoted as like 500 bucks to, to win. Shit. And when you're a kid, that shit matters. You know, yeah, like, yeah. 500 bucks was my money you know so mm-hmm. um i used to get frustrated at shit like that i won bet spring Bling in 2006 and in 2008 i never did end up receiving the prizes for that i was supposed to be on like freestyle friday and again Fuck. you know back in like yeah. 2009 or sorry like 2008 and stuff like being on freestyle friday was a big deal as a battle rapper because like they didn't have a lot of battle rappers yeah one day they had a lot of rappers but like i'm like man, I can go up there and actually like eat these people. Like, they're not really dissing each other. Mm. They're not creative. They're going up there using written verses. Like, they're not being 
they're not improvise like improvising on the spot, which I felt like that was such an easy win with that crowd. You can go up there and be like, look at your like, look what Jin did. He's like, oh, even your shoes say made in China, and everyone's like, oh. yeah, this is going nuts. And even like, I think as a casual viewer, even like myself, I wasn't as in depth in the scene as you. But that's where I would only watch battle rap because it yeah. was so mainstream. So even getting to that platform, that's like that's huge. Yeah. Like, and to have them not like go with their promise that fucking right, so must have been like a blow to you it was man more so because i felt like i let down my friends you uh, know what i mean did like, you tell I everybody felt, i felt like my friends well all my friends came to the beat the, the 2008 when i won yeah. i think i can't i went with like eight people you know so when i won it was like all of a sudden like everybody knew i'd won the chance to be in freestyle friday and like that was the the hot thing at the moment you yeah, know what i mean yeah. like you were there you were the you were you pretty much had made it you know you had like Back then, it was like, you know, that from the Loaded Lux to Immortal Techniques. And I think, like, Shahid, the poster boy, was, was a champ at the time or something like that. So, like, um, you know, I was excited about it. It never happened. It was a little, you know, unmotivating. But at the same token, like, it kind of just sparked my motivation in a different sense of, like, well, I can't rely on other people to get shit for me because, like, every competition I win... These, these people aren't being held accountable. You know what I mean? And, like, what am I going to start doing, beating everyone with a brick? Like, you're going to end up in jail. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. So it was like, okay, I can do this properly. You know, all these people throwing the competitions, they don't really know battle rap. They don't know what it's like to be a battle rapper. They don't know the emotions, the, the everything that you go through going into this. Not only that, like, they're not invested into this. What if they make $2,500 on a night? Where's that money going? To the rent? Like, I want it to go back into the scene. I want to... I want to create something here. This, this this is like, it was so mesmerizing to me, battle rap, you know? Yeah, like the scene, yeah. the fact that like, I know who the, like we all had this like common respect for each other, knowing where all each other came from. So I knew there was like opportunity to blow up. We got a little Mozart out there, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the little kid playing a piano outside the window here. It's a little yeah. distracting. I, they won't be able to hear yeah, it on the mic, okay. but yeah. Um, you know, but uh all, all things happen for a reason, you know what I mean? I'm happy that I never let that kind of beat me up and I kind of, you know, um, even King of the Dot to this day, it was never meant to be what it was. And, like, that's what I always have to tell people. Like, at one point in time, you know, um, this wasn't even supposed to be a cappella. Yeah, You know, yeah. I couldn't get a venue. Like, that was the real goal was, like, once I got screwed everything, it was like, okay, cool. Like, I would look at my battle resume and it's like all these competitions you win. It'd be like, oh, license the ill champion. Like, you know, credit to karma champion. It's like, these names suck. You yeah. know, I wanted to do something where it was like, everybody in the city wants to win. So it was like, okay, cool. I'm going to start a competition called King of the Dot. So that way, once a year, someone will be crowned the King of the Dot. And mm-hmm. everybody's going to try to fight for that spot. Yeah. So when we couldn't make that happen, like, you know, we'd go to all these venues and they'd be like, oh, we want like a 4,000 deposit. And I'm like an eight. 18-year-old kid, 19-year-old kid. <laughs> yeah, I'm it's like, like uh, how am I going to do this? You know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, no one really believed in it. So yeah. Well, it's it's amazing, we it, yeah. We did it out, outdoors. You mm-hmm. know, I think the first event, we had like 30, 40 people, got kicked out of the location we were at, went to the next one, and then the next time we did it, there were 60. Yeah. And time after that, it was like 100, and then it was just the snowball effect was, was oh, real, yeah. man, and it just never stopped. Yeah, and it's a kind of amazing timing to coincide with it. Uh, you guys kind of jumped on it like at the beginning of YouTube yeah. when YouTube wasn't insanely oversaturated like yeah. it is now. Like you type in battle rap, and like you guys are like the things that are popping up mm-hmm. and everything. And just mm-hmm. like it's a magical timing of you just like – I don't know, I guess people watching it worldwide, even though you are just doing it in the park at the beginning. Yeah. And so. I mean, that, that's the thing, right? Like, nobody knew anything of it. 
right? Yeah. Because battle rap was so foreign to everybody. They just associated it with eight mile or fighting. And that was always our biggest problem, like trying to bring this to venues, bring it to sponsors. Like, believe it or not, like this is still the funniest thing to me. Like our first sponsor for King of the Dot was Rogers Telecommunications. And I've never been able to get them to sponsor again. <laughs> yeah, no they, way. They would probably yeah. never have anything to do with this. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. they did sponsor my first event. I had no volume, idea. Volume 5 yeah. was the first indoor event we ever did. And it's a... I laugh because it's like the only reason I ever like registered King of the Dot as an actual company was because I needed to cash that check. Wow. <laughs> you know I mean? wow yeah. King of the Dot as a company. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's just funny how things really play out. You know what I mean? Because like, I never really had goals and aspirations to do this as a career. Like, sure, I would have loved to do it back then, but like, I would have thought that as like thinking unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, you just um, being being from Canada with battle rap, like something that's like no one's ever made a living off before. What would make me think that I'd be the first, you know? Yeah, yeah. But um, I kind of love how you thought like it wouldn't turn into what it has became too. Because like... Bro, I had, um, I wouldn't say that I didn't think, like I knew it had promise. I just didn't know if like everyone gravitated towards it the way that I did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if like, I used to wake up and I would just think battle rap. I'd be walking to school and they'd be like, oh, walking to school, dropping a tool. <laughs> like, like, anything I could think of that would create a multi, like a multi, like, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and that was just it. You know what I mean? Like my, my literally it was an addiction, bro. Yeah, it was a yeah. disease and, at one point. Yeah. And from the park, it, like venues kept getting bigger and bigger to being on pay-per-view to even the MCs. And staff, like, just making careers out of this yeah. platform. Like, yeah. it's insane. Like, uh, I've rocked with you probably for, like, eight or nine years. And, like, starting off with King of the Dot, it helped me adapt my craft. It's, like, a piece of that turned into this show. It turned into a videography career for me. Yeah. And then you see some of your talent, like, who started off in the park, like a, a Kid Twist, mm-hmm. who's writing movies now. Sharon, he's on MTV with Nick Cannon. and yeah, like Ron and Barstool. Yeah, yeah. You got, you know, Diz and movies. There's lots of people doing very successful things. And then even outside of that, like, there's a lot of people in battle rap that are successful endeavors that, like, you know, from the skills that you obtain through battle rap, because yeah. communication is such a big thing. And I think, like, that's one uh, a skill set so many people oversee when it comes to battle rap is yeah. how we've all learned to communicate with people that we don't know and don't have relationships with. So, like, you obtain this, and, like, that's a, that's a strong skill set to have to go into the working world because you're going to be having to communicate and do business with people that you don't mm-hmm. really know. So how to, you know hold yourself respectably, cordially, and all that, you kind of learned through the years of having to do this with battle rap. And you yeah, know, yeah. Your, your brand was everything. You couldn't go out and misrepresent yourself just the same way as you can't go rep- misrepresent the company you work for these days, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's funny, man, how things all kind of, you know, pigeonhole themselves right back into the same lane. Yeah. Even though it's a completely different market. Yeah. Or anything, but One thing it. I've always admired, like watching you throughout the years too, is as the venues kept getting bigger and bigger, it's like, Almost each event, like, you create something that works, but there's no template to the next yeah. step when it goes. It's just, like, it's almost like a reset. It's okay. Yeah. Like, we're in a club now. And, oh, the shit, we're in a theater. Oh, no, no, now it's pay-per-view. So it's, like, yeah. almost, like, you're consistently, like, on your toes, like, just trying to, like, push it forward. And that's something you've been doing consistently, like, over 10 years. And it's, yeah, it's admirable, like, how you figure it out one way or another. I appreciate it, man. Battle rap's a very touchy thing, you know? And I think, like, um, that's why I think a lot of the outside ancillaries that come in battle rap and just try to throw money around, they don't do it successfully. You know yeah, what I mean? They time can, and they, time again, they it's can happened throw events and everything, yeah. but, you, but, like, you can't buy the culture. 
Mm. You know what I mean? You can yeah. rent it, but you can't buy it, <laughs> yeah. you know? So, you know, we appreciate those people coming in and providing paychecks for a lot of the artists and stuff like that, but you can't cut out the people that created this, you know? And I think yeah. a lot of them do, but it's not even so much saying that you can't do it. It's that, like, how do you keep us down? You know, like, we care too much about it. So even yeah. if you win at this moment, you got another eight years, you got you to gotta fight that fight for, yeah. you know? Because I'm not, I mean, I know Smack isn't, I know I'm not, I know, you know, you know, anyone else running, we're not just going to give up, you know, this is, yeah. we, it's not a money flex for us, man. Yeah. This is a life flex. This yeah. is like, you know, a social thing. This is a, you know, um, it adds value in people's lives, man. Like King of the Diet created something that can't ever be replicated again. You know, like when mm-hmm. it added value to literally thousands and thousands and thousands of people's lives, it changed so many people's lives. It can't be replicated. So like these people that can come in. And you see what we did. We see what happened in the bad rap community. But, like, it's literally, you know, sure, I can take credit for changing a venue around, but it's literally the work of the community and everybody kind of sticking together and supporting even when times go bad and, you know, showing up rather the last event venue wasn't good and the audio sucked and, you know, it probably wasn't what it should have been, but they still came out to the next one Mm -hmm. and kept it moving. So Yeah, yeah. There's that belief and it's just, like, it's cool. Like, it's from what started in a park turned into a worldwide family. And I can yeah. attest to that even not being somebody on camera, being somebody behind the camera. My first time going to L.A., I went out there, like, not knowing anybody, but people knew me on the Internet from King of the Dot, like, being, like, just the backstage interview yeah. guy. And it felt like I was at home going to a city for the first time and that's just awesome. people hitting me up, taking care of me. And I was like, holy fuck, I didn't expect this. Like, it was And that's what it is, nuts. It's like, really a community. And that's yeah. what I mean when I say, like, it can't be replicated. Like, yes, you can create music, you can tour and everything. But, like, whenever we went to a city, these we added value to these people. We mm-hmm. gave them hope. There was a light at the end of the tunnel. You know what I mean? Like, right now, what platforms, what, what light is there at the end of the tunnel if you were an upcoming rapper? Yeah. What do you have to look forward to? There's no, like, back in the day, you had all these different things from beat junkies to all these different ciphers and platforms you can go on and get on. And it's like these days, it's just, you're on your own, man. It, it's, the, it's the new era, the digital streams era, man. People ain't going to start putting money or funding behind you until your streams can show that you can support it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's just a different age. And I think that's where, like, King of the Dot and these battle rap platforms really help people because we get people started in that realm and get them started in that understanding that like it's derived on your own work these days there's no the a and r business and the hope that hey i think this guy's gonna blow up that's gone yeah yeah everything's by numbers now you know what i mean the mm-hmm. analytics and the digital imprints and the footprints and everything it's all cataloged you know what i mean so yeah. there's no more lying and hoping that this guy's next like the numbers show now yeah you know so i think with battle rap it's prepared a lot of people for that yeah, it's amazing. And like like I mentioned too, like for a wide like number of years, it's like almost every event it kept growing and growing and growing. And I know you're a guy who always looks ahead to the next one. I'm sure like as the event's going on, you're thinking about the next event type yeah, of, of thing. Do you ever have you ever had the moment in the evolution like where you're just like holy fuck, I can't believe this is happening now. Like, whether it's, like, just booking a battle, like, for example, like a cannabis or, like, just all over the place, or are you always just looking ahead? Um, You know, bro, I think that happens maybe once a year. Yeah, where you're just like, holy fuck. How the fuck did this happen? (laughs) How am I in this position? Like, uh, Halloween Diz, when that was happening, like, the surprise battle, it was kind of like, how the hell did this happen? Blackout 5, like, with the whole event we did with Drake. Um, yeah, even yeah. that was kind of surreal, you know. Um, the most surreal thing I think about even Black Oak Five is probably the press conference. Mm-hmm, yeah, like I don't that think was... that can ever be replicated again. Just from the again, um, 
a new vibe. It was just that this whole city of Toronto was like it was everything was new to us. We had never had this kind of love or appreciation. People never gave us this respect yeah, before. Yeah. I used to go to Battle in America, and people would be surprised. They even have shorts. Like, why do you have shorts? You're from Canada. Yeah, he, they're, they're, you're from an igloo. Like, where's you your park? Like, yeah. Just start snowing the second you cross the border, bro. <laughs> like, I'm. A, but that was just the naiveness towards Canada because we never had anything super successful come out of here other than Vince Carter. So I think like once Drake happened, once King of the Dot, once like all these different you know assets that you know because obviously you know not saying like King of the Dot was on the level of Drake, but what happened was like Drake blew up. You know what I mean? And everyone found out about Toronto through Drake. Like, oh, he's from Toronto. Like, that's crazy. But a lot of people, when Drake first started, didn't want to give him the respect he deserved because they mm. thought he was, like, making music for females and all that yeah, other shit. Yeah. So they would talk about Toronto. And, you know, and then all of a sudden, once they seen that, there was layers to the city. Yeah. There was a lot more than Drake. It's like, yeah, you can try and make fun of Toronto for, you know certain things but it's deeper than that you know there's literally the best battle league in the world up there you try to talk mm -hmm. shit about the rappers you're gonna go up there and get crushed so yeah yeah you know you had to tread tread carefully and then once drake got associated with it i think like um it made a lot of the underground scene kind of start showing appreciation for what he does too because i think like you know when someone reaches out and helps a lot of these people drake didn't need to do that he didn't need to mm -hmm. see all these battle rappers back like, yo you guys are talented i'm here to help y'all because he could have focused on himself right but yeah he did that he provided an athletic at the end of the it was really dope man i think like what it just did for the whole city yeah fuck yeah and lots of people don't know that about his character and even i've used that moment as an example like even recently when i hear somebody shitting on drake i'm like you know what he does <laughs> he reaches out and helps people way and just, more than people know bro yeah way i'm sure there's like because like even I think that event too, it just said OVO on the flyer. It wasn't like yeah. Drake, you know, like plastered all over it. You know, it's just kind of like, like a little he nudge. Like. As much as he loved battle rap, he knew like this is about the rappers, not about yeah. himself. Mm -hmm. You know, so like Blackout Five, he wanted to sit up in in the, in the balcony because he's like, man, if I host, then he's like, the whole event's gonna be about me. Yeah, he's like, let's get the focal point on the artist. Yeah, you know so he I mean? hid and just it. watched it from a bro, safe spot. Like, yeah. he, he's in it for the right reasons. You know what I mean? Like I always will say, bro, like he's not one of those people just trying to come in and capitalize off battle rap. Like he actually enjoys the stuff. He he has his you know his his favorites and everything, and he's always done good for us and the city. You mm -hmm. know, so I got no. Nothing but praise for him. Always well, man. Yeah. Jake's a man. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And it's like, Crazy, it's cool to see everybody's rises. Like we mentioned, like the Roan on Barstool, yeah. Sharon yeah, yeah. on MTV. <laughs> and even personally to see you on the big screen of yeah, some yeah. movies from Detention. With, yeah. uh, you were in a movie with Dane Cook. And uh, even the celebration of battle rap, mm -hmm. which is bodied. And I remember one thing that really moved me. You made a post where you... Sh uh, you talked about uh, walking with your mother on the red carpet and yeah. stuff like that. Like, can you, like, describe that moment of, like... I think, like, you know, in the entertainment industry, once you indulge in it, I think every parent is probably like, oh, <sighs> what is my son doing? <laughs> like, go get a real job. Yeah, yeah, shit. yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, um, my mom is a very successful lady. She's honestly probably the smartest person I know. You know, um, I fucking... <laughs> I learned so much from her, so... You know, I think when it came to my movie, seeing how, you know, she's the one that sits at home and watches, like, Entertainment Weekly and watches, you know, when it's, like, the, the Emmys and the Grammys and all these, you know, she stays home to watch these people walk the red carpet. And yeah, that, yeah. Like that, that's her interest. These are things that she enjoys, you know? So when it came my turn, like, why would I bring anybody else? You know what I mean? I've watched my mom 
enjoy this stuff her whole life. She's the reason I'm here without her help and like the knowledge she's given me. I wouldn't even be in this position. You know, when I say my mom is literally the smartest person I know, like I'm not lying. Yeah, she's yeah. like, has the answer to fucking everything. Bro. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. I've never been able to lie to her. She's just like insanely smart, man. So, you know, <laughs> it's uh, taught me a lot of values. But yeah, that meant a lot to me, man. Just being able to kind of give back and <clears throat> not even give back, but just kind of show her like, look, I'm not just wasting my fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm on the big screen now. And also credit uh, as a producer and everything. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know, but she's been super, super supportive since day one, bro. Like, like, I think as most parents should be, you know, if your kids are passionate about something, you got to let them run with it. Yeah, yeah. Because I, she knew I wasn't going to be happy doing other shit, mm-hmm. you know, so make or break. That's that's kind of the life I live, man. Um, you know, probably not the most comforting for all parents and stuff, but yeah, it is what it is, man. I make it or I break it. Yeah. I, and I truly believe there's like power in like being unique and authentic. And that's where the roots of King of the Dot comes mm-hmm. from. And What's very inspiring is seeing it start in a park and then just turn into this this huge thing. And actually, it directly inspired me to do this show. And my first episode, I didn't have a studio. I called up... uh, King of the Dot legend Mindbender oh, and he yeah. met me in a park with a hand recorder <laughs> and he was telling me about his porn career. I'm like, this is episode one. And it's like, I don't know, just like kind of seeing your journey um, really like, I don't know, it, it makes me have belief in like this can go anywhere in Anything a way. Can, bro. Yeah, can, yeah. You should, look, bro, there's so many people that have podcasts right now mm-hmm. that started off smaller than this and they're huge, making real living. Yeah, yeah. like, I always use, look at Gary Vee for an example. Gary Vee used to vlog wine tasting vlogs for three and a half years before he even got his first thousand views. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, Sometimes you just got to do shit. You never know when your break is going to come or, like, you, you just never know, man. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, energy is everything. If people can read, if you don't believe in it, they'll know. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, like, if the more passionate you are about what you do, like I've always said, you want to be successful in something, become obsessed with it. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because that you, your passion will make people believe in you, man. Yeah. And they'll want to help you. You can't go to someone like, oh, maybe this will work and they're like oh let me throw you a million bucks like you know like <laughs> and there's so there's so many people with that mentality though they're waiting for uh waiting for somebody to, to reach to them bro, when you got to just start doing I've it been that like, person in the past too yeah. bro as much as i preach that shit it's like sometimes you you just dwell a little too much or mm-hmm. you just hope something will happen and not realize and i say this a lot bro a lot of people when you have ideas they think too big yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. You start looking at the end goal rather than like the first step. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, oh, cool. I want a crazy thing to happen. Like, and you start thinking about, oh, but what would happen if this? And it's like the first thing you need to do is just make a phone call, make an introduction. But yeah. like everybody overlooks like these beginning steps. Yeah. And that's what makes these end goals seem so unrealistic. Yeah. But they're not unrealistic as long as you, you, you start at the bottom and edge your way up it. You know what I mean? Because you can say, you know, I, I don't even have a good example for this. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, You're doing pretty good. Though. You know, you know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And even like I notice like in situations where some people will get that reach out and everything's given to them, mm-hmm. they won't know how to handle it because yeah, they yeah. haven't climbed the ladder and they're not conditioned when an issue pops up or it's whatever. Fair, it's, it's like it's no different than like if you grew up with money you're not going to value it the same as someone that had to earn it themselves, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah. you, And if you grew up having to pay your bills at a young age and stuff like that, by the time you're 30, it's secondhand nature, you yeah, know, where yeah. a lot of these people that have, like, popped out of their mom's house at 28, 29, it's a harsh reality, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. then you got to, like, there's so much more to it that you've just 
overlooked from your own laundry to all yeah. these things that, you know, and you see people struggle with it. So it's no different. Yeah, life will slap you in the face one way or another. <laughs> if enough. you let it, it will. Yeah, yeah. And um, one thing I noticed too, uh, throughout recently, it seems like you're enjoying your shows a little more. Like I noticed... Um, like maybe in the past you've seemed a little high strung yeah. during these like um what what's the mentality now like at these events or whatever cuz i know you had reasons to be like stressed yeah, in the man, older times know, but like, like there's a lot of money involved in yeah, these yeah. events bro and i think that gets overlooked a lot you know yeah. as good time as it is you know at the end of the day they still need to recoup the finances so <laughs> i don't know man I mean, maybe sometimes you just see me stressing like uh yeah, but yeah. At, at the same token man like i think now I've just started to learn to enjoy myself at the events. Like, what's going to happen afterwards is going to be afterwards regardless, so you might as well enjoy the moment while it's there. Yeah. And I just enjoy this shit, bro. Like, there was a time where I was overworking and I wasn't able to enjoy it because it was, like, really almost too much stress on me. There was too much drama. It's like, okay, what's the point? There's no fun. Everybody's, like, mad at each other. Everybody's in, like, this secret competition with each other. Yeah. And, like, that was the stuff that was killing it for me. You know what I mean? It was like you when I would just be so excited to set up these events. I look at all these people as my friends, and then they show up, and people are upset about this and this, and say, what the fuck am I doing this for? Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? I'm not <laughs> taking off this. Like, I'm, I'm trying to just have a good weekend. Yeah. But I think more so recently, bro, it's just rolling with the punches, man. I've been doing it long enough to know now like even if it goes wrong have fun in the moment yeah you're gonna have to deal with the repercussions after regardless that's, man that, so at least don't look miserable on camera <laughs> yeah that's beautiful as I, I remember um i think it was like gully versus gannick like last year or something and you were like running around like dancing and stuff and like a lot of people who've been on like the production for a long time yeah. they're like look at gannick's vibe today like yeah. it's like but like in the past i'm sure like it's like cancellations and what's I think downplayed like of your job too is battle rap. The performers like socially, it's a circus basically, yeah. Oh, yeah. and like to manage and hurt all these people. And not only because like some personalities are like just wild, but they're flying in from all over the world and stuff. And it's just like and wow, of, like your it's patience a lot on to that. Manage, yeah. Man, you know, um, it's just a lot, man. People really, really they don't know. It, they don't know. You know um, it's, I get it from the outside. It looks like a machine that just operates itself. But it like literally, it's a six to seven people wake up every day early and work on this all day type job. Yeah. You know? um, and there's a lot of headaches that come with it. A lot of things that people don't see behind the scenes from people stealing your domain IPs, the people, you know, the, the lawsuits, the, you know, yeah. that I'm obviously not going to come out on Twitter with. And hey, guess what? These people are suing me today because you just never know what's going on. People have ideas and, and shit jumps off and. You know, problems happen, things happen, escalate, and you just never, every day is another. Yeah, like, yeah. Bro, I, I always tell people, they say, what's your job? I, mean, I might as well be a firefighter because that's what I do. I put out fires all day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, you know, I'm always in the middle of other people's drama because you got to settle it for the better good of battle rap and entertainment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, doing this where it's so emotionally, everybody's so emotionally invested, but then you're also saying such rude things that like things can go sour real quick yeah, you know yeah. so there's certain things said in certain battles that like you know gets overlooked at the moment and then once the battle's released it becomes like a major issue you know certain people will drop certain people's names or something and then mm. like you have to deal with those and there's just a lot of side drama that a lot of people don't see and um yeah i think more so recently man i've just decided like if i'm not having fun with it i'm not doing it yeah you know i'm just at that age now bro like i don't 
I just want to have a good time. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm and not. and it's like you dedicated so much, you should you should enjoy. Yeah, you deserve bro, I, I, beyond I deserve to I enjoy. I like, why everybody needs to be so hostile about battle rap, man. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not upset at what other people are doing. Other people may be upset at what others are doing, but that's not us. You know, like, I've always prided myself in being someone that helps out the other leagues. When you look at, like, the early King of the Dot events, we used to put every leagues, yeah. every league in the world logo on our flyer just to show love and like mm-hmm. you know just say hey look what all these guys are doing too yeah it's not just us you know and then all of a sudden in time people were just it was competition it was like everybody wanted to be in competition with each other but it's like battle rap is not big enough to move as 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 an individual entities against mm-hmm. each other we need to move as like a, a solo entity together against the rest of the industry yeah, yeah and that's when we were at our strongest you know once we all started kind of separating and going at each other we'll destroy each other you know like yeah <laughs> there's no benefit for it so and i think like everything's good in that way like you know f1 probably wouldn't be as popular without nascar and vice versa yeah yeah Pepsi wouldn't be as popular without coke mm. vice versa you know there's always so many companies and their predecessors and their competitions but as long as y'all know that like there's enough of a fan base for everybody yeah that's, that's it there's no like that's a perfect analogy someone, for it, yeah. someone else throwing an event is not gonna hurt me you know yeah, what i mean yeah. like, it's not like i've always just had the mentality of like blowing out someone else's candle is not gonna make you a shine brighter no you know it really isn't man and and unfortunately i've had to learn that myself through actions and stuff like that you know that's that's part of growth right um yeah, if anything, like, them doing events, too, like, almost promotes you as well, too. Yeah, it's bro, like, bro. oh, this is, like, a watered-down version of this. It reminds them, they go home and start watching King of the Dot right. and everything. And not even to say it's watered-down, because yeah, a lot yeah. of these guys are doing a really good job and stuff like that. But, you know, um, King of the Dot, Grind Time, those, and, and, you know, the World Rap Championships were definitely, like, you know, the people that, pre- you know, were the, were the originators in this era and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. and. I'm not one of these people out there like, hey, I started this, give me my respect type thing. Yeah. But, you know, it's, yeah. um, it sucks to see some people overlook the history. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The revisionist history in battle rap is real. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you yeah. know what it is, bro? It's like it's been going now for a decade, right? Mm-hmm. So you have fans that have come in at the seven-year mark and didn't see the first seven years, so they don't know. They only know what they've read on YouTube or what they've been told or what they believe was fact. Yeah. Certain people, like, you would never believe that, like, you know... Um, at one point, Thesaurus was like the two-time world rap champion, and all these new fans are like, "Well, I don't believe it. He can't beat Lux. He can't." Beat Lux. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, cause you know they just know like, like they the, just know yeah. these new names. And it's like, no, but at one time, like Thesaurus was the fucking man. Yeah. He was the loaded Lux. That's you know almost I mean? them being like, "Fuck Muhammad Ali. What has he ever done?" You know, but they but don't that, know but, the history. But yeah. that 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 did happen in boxing too, because yeah. when Tyson was around, everyone was like, "Who's Ali?" Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And now that you got Deontay Wilder, everybody's like, oh, well, he'll knock out Tyson. Or uh, Anthony Joshua would knock out. Like, you know, so you have all these. It's always been that way. It's the same reason why people are saying LeBron's better than Jordan. It's the same Mm. reason why people are saying Ovechkin's better than Gretzky or Crosby. Like, you know, it's never going to stop. Things (laughs) evolve and change. And, like, it's almost healthy debate. You know, because yeah, you're yeah. keeping those people's old names. Like, without that debate, like, would Gretzky have the name he does anymore? Would Bobby Orr even be known anymore? Because these new kids ain't waking up and checking for him. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. That's true. And even, like, having that name dropped or whatever, they'll go, like, check up some old footage or, like, older battles yeah, and, yeah. like, whatever. Like, UFC fights or anything. Like, it, it, but it's... Like, it's crazy. It's such a cool little culture, man. Yeah, know, so bro. cool, man. Like, Thanks look, for having yeah. me on the ride, <laughs> Travis. It, like, you, I don't, I don't say that enough to you, man. Like, really, it's, um, it's like I found or I met you guys in a crazy time in my life where 
I've moved to Toronto. I was there a year just kind of hustling with my camera. Wasn't really good at it, mm-hmm. but um, I found you guys. And around the time where I thought about like moving home and like not pursuing creativity and stuff and just very, very long story short, like you guys always kept belief in myself and on the ride as well. I was growing uh, at my craft and just getting respect from people like outside of battle rap and yeah. everything just being involved with the king of the dot brand and it's uh oh, man. it's crazy yeah i got goosebumps <laughs> saying it there's a, i get i could i could talk it, i can talk for hours about that but i just want to say like i always res- respect uh Thank you, man. not only like the opportunities you gave me for everybody else you see graphic designers and you like know, and, hosts and, and shit and like i that. appreciate that but i appreciate y'all too because like this this wouldn't have been able to create by myself bro yeah. i can't i don't know how to edit i could draw a stick figure you know that's why i have steve yeah right yeah there, you know? and like, i was actually uh, speaking of graph designer shout out to steve finch he's yeah. outside he's down from australia yes he is yes yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fucking crazy yeah boy. man he, he's incredible at what he does you know and he's been like um a huge battle rap historian you know i was laughing with him because i actually was looking back at one of my videos from like nine years ago and underneath it i see a steve finch comment oh no way so he's <laughs> been like yeah and that's so. crazy like i just like again about like how battle rap connects the world together i probably had like steve finch on my friends list for like six years and yeah. i just met him in person like literally um like 40 minutes ago like yeah. through you like it's, cool, it's crazy man, right? yeah so it's, a, it's a cool little world battle rap and that's what i mean like yeah. you can tour with music but you can't do what battle rap did like we literally created a community fan base like i am a hundred percent positive i can go anywhere in the world and be like i need a place to stay and i got a place to stay yeah you know maybe it's not what i would do but peter it's it's such a fucking family vibe and everybody cares for each other and looks out like and i even had this talk with oxy i can't remember where he was i think he was somewhere like um malaysia maybe or something i I don't know i probably got that wrong so Mm -hmm. um but he ended up meeting a random person who ended up like just knowing him from battle rap didn't know like the oxy or yeah yeah and then just connected and became like friends and ended up chilling for like eight hours and it's like you can be anywhere in the world you never know who you'll meet that knows what you do or or likes this shit or you know it's it's that's yeah. the beauty of it man no matter where i go it's i got people that want to talk about something i'm in common with man. yeah so yeah it's dope yeah it's so dope even i notice sometimes like i'd wear like a king of dot shirt or hat to like a heavy metal show and yeah. somebody will pull me aside they're like where did you get that and then i could give them like a really cool answer like just yeah. be like yeah i worked with them and it's just like, <laughs> like no way dude but like i don't know it's a beautiful thing and it's mm-hmm. like it's cool to like pick your brain like i notice like i always i always like uh see you around shows and stuff and like uh i feel like i always wanted to have this conversation with you but we're both like in work mode usually and stuff so like this is a special episode for me today no i appreciate it man like look man people like you miran um you know all the gullies the the joe cashes like everybody that was really like helping king of the dot the the sand deeps the you know there's so like bro i feel bad that i started naming people because i'm gonna have to name it 76 more <laughs> yeah yeah it's, a, it's a big family bro, but yeah the philly these to like yeah. bro like there's so many of us like yeah. i don't you know if i didn't say your name don't be you know disrespected or anything but like i appreciate just everybody bro like 
I'm gonna have that big reunion party soon. Oh, you I know, love we that need too. It, bro. Yeah, we need yeah. It. Like you know the vibe. It's just um, we created something that can never be done again, bro. It was at the beginning of the YouTube era, the first time that people were able to communicate with each other from across the world. The first time people were able to video chat with each other across the world, and we took advantage of it. We took great advantage of it, and yeah. we created something that will never be able to be done again, man. Like when you think about like the foothold we had to the college community. Yeah, like those early, those like, early know, like, excess like venue days were crazy. crazy. Yeah, yeah, bro. it was like, like being an arena. Like, yeah, yeah, bro. I remember we'd throw shows at noon on a Saturday, noon. Yeah, and there would be five hundred people lined up down the street, and it was just like, bro, I'd get there hungover from the night before, and like, this is fucking un-. like I used to like almost laugh at it. <laughs> yeah, like you know, what like, is I'm going like, on? What, like, yeah. what the fuck? You know, like because I would get nervous back then because you know you didn't have all these social tools you have now. I literally would put up a flyer two weeks before an event and Russian roulette it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes you would show up and only 120 people would be there. Sometimes you'd... Like, for example, I had no idea 1,800 people were coming to that one Blackout 3. Oh, yeah. I set up that venue for like 400 people. Yeah. And we had 1,800 come. <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. I it remember was, that um, too, yeah. It, it was mayhem, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, even the club we were throwing at, which is government, which was the biggest nightclub in Canada, and we sold it out, and even they said they had never seen nothing like it. They're like, yo, we're opening our patios, we're opening our second clubs just to fit people in the venue. Yeah, yeah. I remember um, earlier that day, too, there was an issue where, like, somebody was like, people are not going to be able to see the ring. Yeah. And um, it was, like, an hour before the show started. Um, Mel Carey... Me and her like went on a mission. She's like she's speeding like through yeah. Toronto because I had like this one camera hookup in my apartment in the West End that hooked up another camera that like put it on the big screen and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just like I wanted to shout out Mel for a second because she's like an unsung hero. Like she's like a motherly <laughs> like vibe around King of the Dot and everything. Definitely, but, definitely. But yeah, yeah, and that's what I mean, bro. There's so many good people that are just around King of the Dot, even if they didn't have like an official title, they played a role and like. They're important. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, they're so, like, even the mystiques, the people that come and support and just are there all the time. And, you know, like, there's so many of the fans that have become family, that have become a part of the community. You see the same people every event. And then because it's like, it's, it is a family, bro. Look at, like, even Mr. Conspiracy, you know? I don't know what he's up to these days or what mm-hmm. he's into these days or anything, but, like, even how we found him was crazy, you know? Like, yeah. we were throwing events, and he was just would stand across the park watching from afar because he didn't know anybody. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'd always, like, see him. And we, keep in mind, we only had two events at this time. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yo, come over with us. You know what yeah. I mean? He was so, like, hesitant and nervous. Yeah. And then, sure enough, I'm, like, online checking out the YouTube comments and... He's there all yeah, the time, yeah, yeah. Him, you know, so, but, you know, um, again, bro, we made him part of the family for a little bit, you know, we gave yeah. him home, we gave him a job and, and that stuff, and, you know, wish him well these days. Again, don't know what he's up to or anything, haven't spoke to him in a long time, but. Yeah, yeah, shout outs to him, and, like, yeah, it's crazy, like, I'm going to end it off, like, just saying, like, it's beautiful, like, beyond, like, what people see, and, like, this is something I, I was hoping to tap in in this interview, but, like, you never know, like, how yeah. it's gonna go, I kind of keep things pretty loose, but, like, yeah, I think we made it pretty clear of, like, how many extra layers beyond yeah. what people see on YouTube, and it's, like, such a beautiful thing, and, like, I'm so thankful to be a part of this and see oh, this. I appreciate and, that, man, I'm thankful yeah. to be a part of it, I'm thankful you're a part of it, I'm thankful that, you know, the stars align for this to happen, yeah, you know, because... Yeah. 
I still think about even how it happened. I was at work, freaking, you know, talking to my friend, like, yo, you think I should do this? You think I should do <laughs> yeah, it? And he's yeah. like, yo, and he kept motivating me. Yo. So shout out my, my boy, Andrew Butts, because he literally was like the, the, the motivator behind it. And, you know, shout out like DJ Doctor. He's been around since day one. Ryan PVP, Gully. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these guys, you know, are, are real day oneers. You know yeah. what I mean? Like before King of the Dot was King of the Dot. Yeah, it's you know? a beautiful so thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's real crazy to, you know, see us all still be friends, yeah. have a way to communicate, have reasons to see each other every week. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's it's literally kept a group of friends together. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with is once you get out of high school, you know, you see your group of friends get smaller and smaller and it becomes depressing. You become yeah. lonelier and lonelier. You know, your girl goes out for the night. You got no one to chill with. Yeah, know? yeah. Battle rap has eliminated that. Mm-hmm. You know, I got 500 people I could call. I got, you know, we throw an event. We got like tonight I have an event right after this. I'm about to go chill with like. 80 people, 90 people, smoke, chill, talk, you know, like can catch up with everybody. It's, it's something money can't buy, really, man. Yeah, I agree. And like everybody who's listening at home, uh, if you're hearing about King of the Dot for the first time and you're interested in checking it out, I want to say if you're listening to this on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TalkShoe, and any of your favorite podcast listening apps that each and every one of these episodes has its own homepage at www.girthradio.com. You're going to see a picture of Organic in the studio, and we're going to have some links to like some battles, like the body trailer, and just a bunch of fucking shit where you can uh, check out what we've been talking about today. Before I get out of here, man. Congratulations to you on your success and everything, man. Uh, and, thank and, you so thank much. Thank you for allowing platform for people to continue to express themselves. Without platforms like this, you know, the uh, the process gets eliminated. So thank you for being a part of it, man. Uh, much love. It uh, means a lot coming from you, man. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, like I wanted to mention, too, like you mentioned a lot of people like on the production side who came and gone. But I know for a fact we all have your back for life. And like we said a million that, times, family, we're man. a family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to have that reunion soon. Maybe we'll, we'll do something funny. You know, we'll have to we'll have to pick something fun to do. But yeah. I appreciate it, man. And, and again, thank you yeah. very much.
myself, now give me my space Tell me I'm an asshole, really won't help in the city I raise Give me my praise, it ain't really my place Really got faded, but I'm really not faced I can still hit it in a 50-yard range I don't see a limit, I'ma get it, I gain Back and I don't give a fuck again It's AP, don't got no other friends Look at what they wanna see us up against We push and shove it just to keep on suffering I admit it, I've been on a bench And I know I ain't shitting my friends They like, damn it, this nigga done did it He tripping again, so I'm ghosting, I've been in the wind Pop a pill, now I'm feeling different Kill a nigga, I don't feel a difference Chilling with it, hanging with it, lynching with it Illustrated picture, really vivid, nigga. What I'ma kick it for what? Where you been at? I been in the cut. I'm just dipping, not giving a fuck about no function. My nigga, what's up? They ain't give us enough. They ain't give us enough. I've been losing my religion and my fucking keeping up until the daily thinking that I've been hopping on it on the train I'm rolling. I ain't never looking back. Hey.